0: Degree. I'm still not sure I know I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch your full shows There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge It's my only talent, honey, that and losing money Bless sure excess, text, etch, rest, and then just join
1: us while we start on our Bachelor. Bachelor of Hearts. Hellos! And welcomes back to the Bachelors of Hearts' podcasts. <laughs> The Bachelor's Australia's podcast that asks the question: Three Bachelors, three it's, of them. It's quite a lot. What? What are we gonna do?
0: I do not know. Um, have you
1: gotten over it? It's been a couple of days. <laughs> like I was I'm busy getting over the novel coronavirus. I'm yeah, right. still in my head, just being like. What is happening? How are we going to process three of these men across an entire season of The Bachelor? We have never seen this before. No. I uh, have my I have my doubts about this season. We will mm. definitely, definitely get there. Hey, uh, who are you? Hello.
0: My name is Xavier Arbecki Noonan, and I love The Bachelor, and I hate the coronavirus.
1: And my name is Max Quinn. I love The Bachelor and just had the novel coronavirus. Oh, no. Let me tell you, not fun.
0: Not a fan! You had it Yeah, I don't first. reckon you
1: should get it. Yeah, okay, because I was a little bit late for that, actually, because I did have it.
0: <laughs> Listeners, if you're tossing it up, it's, it's a no in our book.
1: Yeah, it's a definite no-no, mm-hmm. but we are here to say yes, 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 more bachelors mm-hmm. for uh, these nice people here on the BOH pod. As we get into that, though... I
0: would just like to acknowledge, uh, first of all, that today we are once again recording on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. And pay our respects to the traditional owners and custodians of this land. So this is an emergency broadcast. Because there is Mm. some very big Bachelor news. uh, Which we could not wait until a regular episode to talk about. You have no doubt seen it. You have no doubt been wondering what we think. We wanted to record an episode as quickly as possible. We have some breaking news. And I do mean breaking Australia's most recent Bachelorette, Brooke Blurton, has revealed via Instagram stories that she has broken her front tooth. Oh, no. Max, did you see this? No, this I didn't know this. the news we're talking about that we had to do a uh, last minute episode about. <laughs> the Bachelorette star appeared very embarrassed to reveal that she had broken her front tooth clean in half, biting into some bread that she was eating with soup. Uh, thankfully within 12 hours, this is like a couple of hours ago at the time of recording, uh, she was able to get it reattached and is looking pretty much good as new. Um, thanks to a dentist, she shouted out on stories, but we had to acknowledge it. Like this is a, this is a huge scoop. This is a big story. I, I know that if we didn't acknowledge this on the podcast, we would have had to broker peace for ignoring this
1: breaking Brook piece, breaking piece. (laughs) <laughs> uh, very good, look, I'm glad, I'm so glad that this is the first thing that we're talking about here Because it is not like there is uh, huge news in imagination Nation outside of this to unpack mm, I think I might know what you're referring to, actually uh, Okay, you tell me Yeah, which
0: is that Lorena Fleur has announced that oh, she is God. expecting her first baby Oh,
1: she's got a little dirty street pie in the oven <laughs> That's right
0: I was thinking I don't actually even have any jokes to make about that. I just thought it was funny that we would talk about that. Uh, you know, I mean not not to, not to short sell Lorena's achievement um both in the world of the bachelor and in the world of uh, uh, manufacturing a child. Um
1: mm. it's not really how it works. Anyway, look. She <laughs> <laughs> just pulled a little baby off the <laughs> off the conveyor belt in the the Lorena Arena. That's right. Yeah. We Yeah. <laughs>
0: If I can break the fourth wall a little here, Max and I decided uh, we're not going to script out this episode too much because it's pretty short (laughs) notice. So, uh, yeah, look forward to more uh, faux pas, fleur pas, maybe, oh, Laurie? Great.
1: La- really good. Mm. Okay, there are three Bachelors. Yes. I have so much to say about one of them in particular. Mm-hmm. Xavier, I know you have a bit to say about the other two. Right. I think that's how this is going to work. We're going to start with the things that you've learned about two of these men, and then uh, I'm going to spend a little bit of time unpacking what I think might be the most controversial Bachelor casting in the franchise's history. Uh, there's lots, lots it. Yeah, let's, let's set the scene just in case anybody
0: has missed this. After a series of leaks beginning on May 17th, Channel 10 has now officially confirmed that there will be three leads for the upcoming 10th season of the show, which has now started production in its new home of the Gold Coast in Queensland. The rumors were confirmed in a big announcement made during a live cross on the project on Monday the 23rd of May, where the panel revealed that this year there will not be one, not two, but three Bachelors. And we were introduced to the three men. We got Felix Van, sorry, Felix Von Hoff, Jed McIntosh, and Thomas Malucelli, I'm guessing. I think it's uh, Meluseli, but I don't know. These are names I've definitely memorized and learned to pronounce at this point. <laughs> um, and as you said, Maxie, we'll discuss them in a little bit more date, detail in this episode. Um, and just to set the scene a little bit more, in addition to this very short interview piece at the you know last five minutes or whatever of that episode of the project, there's also been a press release that's sent out uh, and was posted on 10 Play. Which you can read uh, and also has fairly limited information. And that forms pretty much all of the official confirmed knowledge that we have, you know, uh, 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 what what's it called a primary source, you know, that we're getting straight from the horse's mouth. So you know, the absence of specifics uh, is leaving a lot of unanswered questions. Um, which I assume is what 10 is banking on, you know, this air of mystery and speculation it's going to play into their advantage. Uh, but of course it, you know, it opens a lot of uh, room for, you know, skepticism or people to draw their own conclusions before we find out what's, you know, what's really going to be going on. So we don't know how the season is going to work. Uh, I, I imagine we'll probably discuss what we think about, maybe, you know, baselessly speculate uh, throughout this episode. Uh, and yeah, we we can only really tell a pretty limited certain number of things about these people uh, as far as the official communication goes. So we have tried to do a little bit of digging um, to learn as much as we can about our three eligible hunks. Uh, do we start with the like overall opinion of just like, yeah,
1: I think that's where we need to start with this because on the surface, these are three white men.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's all there is to it. Really? Um, You know, it is, uh, it is, is it surprising? I guess not really. Um, One might've hoped that there would be uh, some kind of change in the air, considering the last season being quite good. Um And, you know, seemingly what the public conversation about this stuff is, although it has kind of seemed that way for quite a long time, I think at this point, it really is quite shocking that there are, especially because there are three, you would just think statistically you would want to broaden the, widen the net a little bit.
1: That's the thing, like coming off the most diverse season in the show's history, and in my opinion, one of the best seasons in the show's history, to triple down on uh, white dudes just feels like a missed opportunity for this franchise to be like, look, we made all these progressive steps. Mm. Here is something that's going to uh, speak to that and to continue to honour the uh, commitment that we made in the most recent season of The Bachelorette with Brooke and make it, you know, uh, feel like part of the conversation rather than, like, a uh, a bell or a whistle of that particular franchise. So how do we think that this season is going to work? Because we've seen a Bachelor season with multiple leads before, mm. but not quite in this way. What do you think is going on, Zave?
0: Yeah, I think... Um one of the main issues with that season the one you're talking about is 2020 season of the bachelorette where we had ellie and becky miles as the co-bachelorettes um and the way that season worked if you didn't watch it was there was a shared dating pool between the two of them but almost immediately um the the men that were vying for both of these women split into two groups there was Ellie's guys and Becky's guys right and there was no real attempt to approach or deal with the um ramifications of having two leads it was really just
1: so they could do something for the first time or you know they could Uh, be like, this is a Bachelor first, right? Whereas what's happening in this season is that these three men are not beholden to each other, right? They are, at least as far as we know, (laughs) not related. Mm. And that gives all kinds of interesting possibilities for conflict. So despite some misgivings about, uh, well, firstly, how we might get to know and get to invest in these Bachelors, God knows that we had a really hard time getting to know anyone in Ellie and Becky's season because even though we knew Ellie we still had difficulty being like, here's who we need to care about because we were so pulled apart. So, uh, I don't know, split in terms of where our attention is coming and going in this season. Uh, at the very least, I think that there is the possibility for high dramatic stakes, even if the storytelling isn't as strong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right to bring up the issue of screen time, um, Mm. which was a big problem with that season in the sense that, um, you just there, there's too much going on for you to ra- really be able to wrap your head around um, and for you to, like you said, just get invested. Um, here, I think there is an advantage to the fact that um, when compared with the Ellie-Becky season, where you had one previous cast member of the show who you already had some level of knowledge of, and then just somebody else who was her sister, <laughs> at least here we have a level playing field. Um, where, you know, hypothetically, at least beyond the digging that you and I have done, um, we don't know too much about any one of these guys. And so we can be presented with a blank canvas and anything that the show needs us to know about them. It will teach us hypothetically.
1: So let's, before we get taught anything by the show, Mm. now start to veer into what we have learned independently about these men.
0: So we've got three men here. And, um, Mm. the first one to be announced both in the leak and I think in the confirm. I mean, left to right of the promo image. Anyway, let's talk about him. His name is Felix von Hoff. He is 27 years of age, uh, making him one of the youngest bachelors in our history. Um, he is six foot six, making him definitely one of the tallest. Uh, he plays basketball for the Melbourne Tigers, Uh, But interestingly, Channel 10's press statement describes him as a marketing manager um, Mm. and doesn't make a huge deal out of the fact that he is a fairly well-known athlete.
1: Yeah, so I think that he might have used to have played for the Melbourne Tigers, but not maybe this season. Right. He, in terms of his uh, athleticism, played college basketball in the US, didn't get drafted into the NBA, but did come back and play in the NBL in Australia for the Tigers, and I believe for another team as well.
0: We don't know. This is probably the one of these guys that we know the least about, apart from like pure physical form. Um, You know, he uh, on the project, he says he doesn't like dating apps and he's not big on social media in general. Um, which is quite interesting because he said that he works as a marketing manager, which one would think these days is quite largely focused around social media. Um, uh, mm. might make that line of work pretty interesting. Um, also makes the choice to become bachelor, which is, you know, the bachelor is a job that people have for like three months before they become a full-time social media influencer. Right. Yeah. That is how <laughs> the job of bachelor works. It is not a yeah. long-term career. Um, it makes that a little bit confusing. um, And I don't know, I don't, I I don't have a lot about Felix in the press release. He's quoted as saying for me, the most attractive quality a girl can have is a good sense of humor. My dream date would be anything where it ends up hurting to laugh because if we're both laughing the whole time, then it can't get much better. Um, I imagine it would hurt to laugh if you got punched in the stomach a bunch of times.
1: So maybe we'll (laughs) see that coming
0: up. Um, But yeah, did you, did you find much about um, Felix von Hoff?
1: Yeah, I found a little bit more. Uh, Obviously, all of these bachelors have had their accounts locked down on whatever social platforms that they're on. But as it turns out, it might take a second for Google to be able to index Mm. and remove some of the posts that they might have made on social media from their platform. Mm. So what we can kind of see are like the beginnings of some posts. So, for example, some of the things that I have found are Felix commenting on the uh, Russian invasion of the Ukraine saying this is just disgusting. Uh, he is also posting a picture of the freedom protests saying this is so incredibly lame. There's a picture of Scott Morrison and he says, what an absolute dot, dot, dot. You can't tell what the, uh, what do you call that? The way that he has described Scott <laughs> Morrison as, but uh, if you go on and read the comments, there are a lot of people being like, yeah, he sucks. Yeah. So, uh, we can determine from this that Felix might be uh, politically left-leaning. He's also criticised uh, Trump and anti-vaxxers on his platform, based on this scrape that I've found of Google search results. Mm-hmm. So, look, it's a little bit tough to tell the entire vibe, but I think that uh, I think that Felix might be the good one uh, of of the three,
0: based on some things that we found out about the other ones. Then, yeah, he does look he does look okay with the absence of anything else to go off uh it's worth noting he's very tall that's that's he's about super you tall. know
1: he seems handsome i think that he is of the three my favorite so far yeah shall we move on to jed now uh
0: so jed is a melbourne based musician he plays drums in the band mood monroe they sound like the kind of band you would expect the guy who looks like this to be in i guess totally Yes, um, I agree with that. Without just making judgments based on people's appearances again. But anyway, um, I also want to point out, among other things, he, he is also, uh, as well as being in this band, he is a session musician. Um, yes. And so he has an interesting track record. Among other things, he contributed to the song that Gwen Stefani and Pharrell Williams performed on the Paddington movie soundtrack, which in my eyes makes him, you know, as soon as I saw that, I was like, great, I have a favorite. This uh, This is perfect. <laughs> Um, gives him points in my book, even though I want to say the song is not very good. And all right. I was not able to work out what he actually did on the track. Uh, that, that part is not listed anywhere that I could see. It doesn't seem to have live drums in it. Anyway, we're speculating too much. Um, but yes, okay. So the other big thing about him is that he looks exactly like Machine Gun Kelly, uh, which mm. has been spotted all across social media. And you know it, it, that would appear to be quite a deliberate choice on Channel 10's behalf. Especially uh, given that we have a recent history of, like, Conrad being called Machine Gun Conrad in last year's Bachelorette season. And, you know, like, Kieran and a few others. Like, it's a mold, uh, a physical type that I think they're chasing. Um, And, you know, he introduces another element of diversity into the cast by having some tattoos, I guess. Sure. Um a a brief look at his modeling portfolio and back through his Facebook photos shows that this is a um an image that he has uh courted quite deliberately. Um so I think, you know, he is he is in the mold of your Travis Barker's and your um, you know, other uh drumming, you know, what's the guy for 21 Pilots? Name? The 21 Pilots guy. Yeah. And I think part of being a session musician is often having a look, you know? Um, That's interesting. I've
1: never really thought about that.
0: I think I think obviously being a session player in like a studio maybe not so much, but often being a session musician means um, being visible in the house band on a television show or being oh interesting you know being available to be called up to be uh, the drummer in a movie or something like that. You know, like right, um, right. So I think he he looks the type, is essentially what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. if you hear 25 Melbourne-based musician who plays drums in a band called Moon Monroe, you picture this guy. So the other thing with Jed uh, is, you know, there's plenty to like about him on a um, appearance level and on a playing on the Paddington soundtrack level. (laughs) Um, Only days after his announcement as one of the three Bachelors, uh, Jed has already become embroiled in a scandal after old social media posts uh, have been brought to light. These posts are dated from 2011 when Jed was 14 years old. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we need to view this through that lens.
1: Um, yeah, God forbid anyone find anything that my, I might have written or said or done at 14. Right. Years of age.
0: Exactly. I think, I think a lot of people probably said things as a teenager that they would not want broadcast to a national audience. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but among other things, these posts seem to make light of rape. Um, Jed rushed to The Daily Telegraph to respond to this backlash after these came to the fore. Uh, And he told the Daily Telegraph that, quote, these posts are from over 10 years ago, and I don't have any recollection of making them. As a kid, we say things not understanding the gravity of the language used, but I can adamantly say as an adult, I do not agree with the use of language and sentiment of the posts. I have the utmost respect for women, am a strong advocate for assault victims, and would never want to cause any harm or hurt to anyone. Personally speaking, and this is just my opinion, I am less than satisfied with that statement. Okay. I I just feel like um, saying that you don't remember writing it is a bit of a deflection. Um, I think there is a a lack of accountability for the actual action. It could have been an opportunity to have a, a conversation about it, but this felt like kind of just clamping down on it a little bit. Um, I don't think it reflects incredibly negatively on him for the reasons that we've said before that just like we live in a strange world where 14 year olds have access to uh, 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 the record that will follow them throughout their lives.
1: My word. Yeah, true.
0: But I do also, I'm pretty surprised that Jed, I I am surprised to see that he didn't do a thorough social media clean out and that this Mm. stuff was able to get out there. But even more than that, I'm I'm just surprised and a bit disappointed that Bachelor casting and producers didn't check this themselves. Or mm-hmm. I, I guess they can't have known because if they did know, they we just have two Bachelors. You know what I mean? Like, right. Your mileage might vary about how that um, apology landed with you. Uh, but something to be wary of, I guess, about this guy is that he was. Uh, shitty when he was 14, but, you know, a lot of people were.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is one of those ones where I am not going to pass any further judgment, to be frank. yeah. Um, uh, Do we want to talk about his podcast?
0: Uh, I don't know a lot about his podcast.
1: So he had a podcast called The Charismatic Coffee Club. Oh, okay. So there's only one place that I can find that this existed on the internet. Um, it doesn't seem to be in any of uh, his pod feeds Or anything like that At the very least it seems like this has been scrubbed Right? Um, oh, it is the Charismatic Coffee Club Oh my god Aimed to start your day with one coffee Two, charisma And three, encouragement, faith, laughter And a sprinkle of the bible
0: Right, okay So this is maybe more openly Christian than someone has been on The Bachelor for a little while in Australia? I
1: think so. Yeah. Uh, there is. Um, I mean, granted, we're of,
0: talking about it having been scrubbed. So maybe it's not a huge part of his narrative. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, this podcast came out last year. Interesting. Yeah. So I'd say that there is a, a level of, of Christianity to Jed that um, has not been mentioned. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see if this um, is a plot point during the season. But I do think that.
0: We have watched all of the Australian series of The Bachelor, and Christianity or religion of any form really doesn't play much of a role at all. Yes, I'm curious to see if that will come up at all.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think I think that covers off Jed. And now it might be time to talk about Thomas Philbin Maluselli. In my opinion, perhaps the most controversial bachelor casting. In the show's entire run So let me me tell you my first
0: thoughts about this guy
1: Yeah, please
0: Ooh, okay, Silver (laughs) Fox We've got a 35-year-old man who I think is maybe the oldest Australian bachelor Yeah uh, From from memory anyway Um, He is billed as a restaurant manager, which also sounds really great um but he is also referring to himself as a transformation specialist uh lifestyle entrepreneur and he empowers others to find their inner greatness and accomplish their health goals sort of right so these 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 are like nice sounding words platitudes can, right and they can describe a fairly wide range of types of things. Yeah. um, Some of which I have very positive associations with. um, And uh, I will be interested to see that, you know, Max, you've done the bulk of the uh, research and investigation here. So I'd be curious to see what you have found about Tommy.
1: So broadly, I want to say the reason that I say sort of is because I don't think that he is a restaurant manager anymore.
0: Oh, okay. Right. Interesting.
1: Um, The other stuff that he's talking about, uh, lifestyle entrepreneur, etc. Seems to all be very true. He is a coach. A coach of what exactly we will unpack. Um, Mm. And he has these businesses called Our Freedom Project and also The Conscious Collective.
0: Right, that's not the Conscious Coffee Club. No, it's not the,
1: yeah, totally different. Yeah, the Charisma (laughs) Coffee Club. We can guarantee that all three of these bachelors
0: will be conscious.
1: (laughs) 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 On his LinkedIn, Thomas explains how years ago he discovered a company that helped him transform his body and his nutrition, and how in 2019, he won something called the ISA Body Challenge, a body transformation program run by the company Isagenix. So I want to stop down here to talk about Isagenix before we get back to our Freedom Project and our Bachelor. Okay, great. So Isagenix is a privately held multi-level marketing company that sells nutritional supplements, personal care products, and essential oils. Interesting. Okay, because it sounds that way, right? Mm. But maybe you can break this
0: down just in case there's anybody who's listening who maybe is not super aware of what that means. Multi-level marketing, I've heard that term thrown around a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's go there. Uh, Firstly, I want to drop a trigger warning for anyone here who might have um, body transformation or diet stuff going on in their lives because we're going into like deep... Before and after pics territory Okay great Max I'm going to leave (laughs) Uh, No I'm going to grin and bear it
0: Uh, But yeah we're getting Into some uh, uncomfortable um, Areas if this is uh, uh, Something you don't want to be listening to um, Maybe Skip ahead maybe turn off the podcast Maybe don't watch The Bachelor this year it sounds like I don't mean to make light of this Uh, Yeah I, I completely Completely empathize
1: if this is something that unsettles you, it is going to come up starting now. We'll touch on multi-level marketing in just a moment, but I want to talk about Isogenics as a company, as a whole first. Great. Okay. It was founded in 2002 by Jim and Kathy Kuva, both of whom are people in the US who had been involved in multi-level marketing companies in the past. So, in an interview with the Network Marketing Magazine from 2005, and those terms, I want to say, are interchangeable, network marketing and multi-level marketing, uh, Kathy Kuva, the co-founder, says that her husband, Jim, also co-founded the Cambridge Diet, which is an MLM and weight loss plan that, according to a New York Times article dated November 16, 1983, filed for bankruptcy in the U.S., after the Food and Drug Administration received reports of 138 illnesses and six deaths among Cambridge dieters,
0: so when you're on a diet, mm. is it normally looked at as a good thing to die?
1: <laughs> because
0: I have not tried that.
1: Look, in I want to say journey. Here. I want to say, in fairness. Dr. Victor Fratali of the uh, FDA's Division of Nutrition said that none of the deaths could be unequivocally attributed to the Cambridge formula since they occurred among people who had some complicating factor that might have contributed to their demise. So this is good press then? <laughs> it's very hard to say. Mm. The word unequivocally there is yeah. the one that gives me the most pause because in 1985, owners of the Cambridge diet paid a six-figure sum to settle a lawsuit that contended that the weight loss program caused the death of a California woman who had been on the diet for 50 days, lost the equivalent of about 11 kilos, and whose heart and whose heart quoting again from the New York Times here suddenly stopped. Ah: In it's addition, interesting
0: that they had to pay out a six-figure sum. When all they really wanted to do was transform one figure,
1: <laughs> you know, and now <laughs> suddenly, they're... in addition to things like essential oils and wellness programs, isogenics market a 30 day weight loss system where you drink your Isagenix shakes, chew on isogenics snacks, which, uh, Xavier, okay. I'm going to share my screen here. I want you to describe to describe to me what, what we're looking at.
0: Okay, so uh, let's see. We've got like what seems to be kind of like a pill bottle um, with the the words Isogenics snacks written on it. And then they seem to be, I guess, like uh, generously, I would describe them as Maltesers. Oh, no, no, sorry, not Maltesers. uh, Ovaltinis. Oh, yeah. Um, They're sort of small, round, um, light brown pellets, um, sort of hockey puck like. Uh, in in shape, although not in dimension, uh, and it says that it contains a perfect balance of nutrients to help naturally satisfy your appetite to keep your weight loss goals on track.
1: So, you eat your isogenics snacks, the little brown mm-hmm. chocolate pills from a bottle that weigh about twenty four grams each, mm-hmm. and then you consume something called IsoFlush.
0: Oh, dear. The company says Mm. that
1: this is definitely not a laxative, but instead contains gentle magnesium and cleansing herbs. So, regular magnesium (laughs) and gentle magnesium. Can we talk about the differences there? Yeah, definitely, because it is just gentle magnesium oxide, according to the ingredients, which, Mm -hmm. based on an entry that I read into the Journal of Neurogastroenterology and Motility has been used as a treatment for chronic constipation in Japan since the oh. 1980s.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, um, that's good. It's not a laxative. Uh, it's more of like a
1: thing that you take to relieve constipation. Yeah, just like a gentle bowel stimulant. Mm-hmm. To participate in the 30-day weight loss system costs 597 Australian dollars for one month.
0: Uh, okay. So let's compare this with, uh, HelloFresh. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> uh, what do we pay for that? I think it's like 80, 90 bucks for a few meals, oh, a few meals a week. Okay. So you're probably looking
1: at about $400 a month. Yeah. Something it's like probably, that.
0: it's probably roughly similar. What what was the the figure?
1: 597. You
0: said? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah. So I would imagine that for that you're getting like nutritionally balanced meals, um, with fresh ingredients, uh, you know, delivered whenever you, oh, this is not an ad. <laughs> I feel a bit weird about it. Uh, oh, I imagine it's the same with their competitors, right? Uh... Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you get your, 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 Folly spoon, uh, yeah. your fucking whatever the hell. Whatever Jesus. the
1: others are. You get your shakes, you get your pills, uh, in this instance. And in a video that so that's I you watched, get shakes and pills, shakes and pills. And uh, also, can
0: I just mention that now that I'm thinking about it, they're, they're too, sort of key products here seem to be shakes and pills. The pills are basically, if I'm guessing right, uh, basically just the same thing that's
1: in the shake powder, right? I don't know, to be honest with you. I uh, am, am not clear enough to be able to say that the... um. The snacks are the same as the shakes are the same okay. as we there don't are know, other but it's like
0: it seems to be that like if you are a uh if you're on the isogenics program, it seems to be that you're not ingesting anything that is not like lightly
1: chocolate flavored, right? Sure. So there are other like you can have your strawberries or your bananas. We'll get there. But okay, yes, good, good. You good, are drinking you. like your um super shakes and uh consuming a, a variety of other isogenics like proteins and things like that. Um and I believe as part of the program, you are also supposed to have like a nutritional dinner that you cook yourself every night.
0: Oh, okay, sort cool. So you can, you can do that and the HelloFresh or Molly Bruno. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. You can have both. Um, yeah. In fact, you can, you can have it all because uh, in a video <laughs> that I watched on his YouTube channel, Thomas uh, speaks about how the program also contains a day of intermittent fasting that you do for each week of the program. Right. Okay. So you don't even have to do this stuff. No, on this day, you're kind of, I, I don't think that you're doing very much at all. It's hard to, it's hard to say for certain. Um, but Thomas speaks about the special magic of your body entering a state of induced autophagy, which is designed to induce ketosis as well. Basically the process where your body burns fat and your cells, uh, like revive themselves.
0: So what it sounds to me, and I, granted, I'm a little skeptical here, but it seems like they are accounting
1: a little extra time for the exhaustion of malnutrition. Hey, and look, it could be. Um, but al- although, like the the company claims that their products are very nutritious, and as someone who is not a nutritionist, I sure, can't, we're not qualified to so. give that advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the analysis though that I have read in places like the Journal of Academic Nutrition and Dietetics. Is at best mixed when it comes to making a determination about the benefits of intermittent fasting and whether or not it is sustainable for long term holistic health and particularly for weight loss. Hmm.
0: There are people who swear by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta have my freaking regular meals, dude. I freaking
1: love them. <laughs> yeah, don't even talk to me before I've had my morning <laughs> isogenic snack. Right. Um, Isogenics also sell protein smoothies marketed towards children like the ISA Kids. Super smoothie
0: Ah So your fucking little tyke can get yoked
1: Before uh-huh. he hits the
0: fucking school gym
1: Now I am going to share screen again And I want to go through oh, some no. product reviews For the ISA kid Super Smoothie Which you can see here Do you want to just describe how this looks first?
0: Yeah, I mean it's got a cute sort of child friendly design Of this uh, this sachet um, It's got a little smiley face That says it's kid approved uh, we've got, you know, a, a nice looking scoop of ice cream with a little cookie stuck into it. So it's made with natural ingredients. Um, yeah, it's colorful. It's bright. Looks uh, looks pretty tempting, if yeah. I'm being honest.
1: Unsaturated grass-fed protein, 22 vitamins and minerals. I want to start, though, with this product review that I think that you might be able to read for me. So this is a review from Patricia.
0: Okay, Patricia says, uh, this is a review from January of 2020. She says, my daughter loved it. She is four. She drank it in five minutes or less.
1: Four. Mm. Now, a review from Angela.
0: Okay, Angela, this is another review from January 2020. Angela says, my daughter loves both flavors, but especially the ice cream cookie crunch. Every morning when she wakes up, she asks for her shake. She doesn't go a day without
1: it, even on vacation. And finally, this review from Joanne.
0: Okay, this one's also from January of 2020. Uh, Joanne says, my son is obsessed. By choice, he has a strawberry blast almost every morning. And this is even up against the typical carb-filled options. I love knowing he's getting balanced nutrition right before school. So let's talk about that balanced
1: nutrition, Zavie. Great, Yes. Alongside or maybe included in the advertised 22 essential vitamins and minerals in an Isakid smoothie. And full disclosure, I couldn't find clarification anywhere about what was essential and what was inessential uh, in, in this product. But mm-hmm. you can find ingredients like certified sustainable palm oil. Great. As well Love as have that every day. olive oil powder, sunflower oil powder, natural flavors, enzyme blend, and fruit and vegetable blend.
0: Great. Okay. So yeah. Generally speaking, with ingredient lists, the less specificity, the better. I think. So that's when you how see something like fruit and vegetable blend, I am given nothing but confidence.
1: Yeah. Look, they do list which fruits and vegetables are in the fruit and vegetable blend, but oh, I see. Okay, yeah, right. it's one of those things. Um, so that's a bit about the company. But let's now circle back to multi-level marketing. What do you know about it, Xavier?
0: Uh, I mean, I know a decent amount, I think. Uh, it is, uh, I think there, there is a, uh, temptation to draw a direct line between multi-level marketing and something called a pyramid scheme, Mm -hmm. um, which I am led to believe are different, um, Mm. which I'm sure you have done some looking into. I don't want to fall into a a legal trap here of any kind.
1: Let me help you out here. Yeah, please. MLMs are... In layman's terms, companies who comprise largely of unsalaried workers who on-sell a company's products in order to make an income. So Mm. MLM salespeople can also make income from commission, from recruiting new sellers into the business Mm. and through structural incentives for hitting different milestones within the business. This is an example. Person A, uh, we'll call them Xavi, recruits Mm -hmm. person B and person C into an MLM as salespeople.
0: Come check it out. You'll make tons of You'll money. Make
1: t- it'll be great for you, right? Yeah. Now, let's say that person B recruits their own salespeople, D, E, and F, and that mm-hmm. person C recruits three more people, G, H, and I. Person A, Xavier, mm-hmm. would receive commission from everyone in their downline. So that would be persons B through I. This process is called duplication, and it is mm-hmm. the structural bedrock of an MLM. We'll talk in a minute about just how much income they might be able to make. But I'm wondering now, as you have raised, if you might be thinking, is this year's Bachelor involved in a pyramid scheme? And I want to state quite plainly that isogenics is not one. The difference between MLMs and pyramid schemes is that MLMs typically will sell a product and are legal in lots of different jurisdictions, including Australia and New Zealand. Mm. Whereas pyramid schemes are illegal everywhere, generally don't sell products, but instead might sell like mindsets or ideas or whatever, and are based in fraud. Right. So So the fact that these
0: are products mm -hmm. makes
1: it legit. Right. So we're not an illegal pyramid scheme, but I wonder if there is a, hmm, let's say, still a shape that we can draw to... Outline how this all works. So, what I'm going to do again here is uh, share my screen. And this is a document called the Isogenics Team Compensation Plan. All right. So,
0: okay, great. I'm
1: going to show you the shape here, Xavier. What are you looking yeah. at here?
0: All right. So, it looks as if it's got a certain pointed sort of structure, there's like an
1: <laughs> arch to it.
0: Where it see I mean, it seems to me like there are more people in the lower end of this shape uh, than towards the top. Um it's a little hard to see, but it does appear like there is more than one person at the very top. Um so therefore it's not it's not a perfect triangle in the traditional sense that we might think about it. We could say uh,
1: right, that there's a triangle to the left maybe and a triangle to the right. But, okay, yeah. If we were to be super generous, you might describe this as a trapezium.
0: Sure. Yeah. If I was super generous and could call to mind the name of that geometric shape (laughs) on those two conditions, I might do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So MLMs are fraught because of the way that they are structured, right? And they are structured so that the people at the top of the trapezium, triangle, prism, whatever, make the most money and Mm -hmm. the people at the bottom make the least money and you might be thinking like but that's how my workplace operates also
0: right my 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 gut tells me that sounds familiar Mm. that seems to be um capitalism we've
1: we've devised
0: a, a smaller
1: version of capitalism that exists within capitalism and we've given it a fancy name right but i might ask you to consider whether in a salaried workforce this model might be a little bit more airtight because in addition to contractual income guarantees, employees also enjoy various rights such as freedom of association, the right to join or not join a union. Right. In an unsalaried MLM, perhaps not so much. I'd encourage mm. you to check out the Reddit board anti-MLM for a smorgasbord of firsthand accounts from people who were recruited into a multi-level marketing company and now have misgivings.
0: I noticed there were a few posts on anti-MLM that referred specifically to
1: isogenics. Mm, mm. So one of the ones that I read was called Isogenics Ruined My Life. Mm. And despite all of my searching, I was unable to find a comparable thread called like Having a Guaranteed Income and My Rights Protected in a Salaried Workforce Ruined My Life. (laughs) Uh, You did also text me earlier
0: in the week when we were just uh, figuring out what isogenics was and Mm. doing some very basic research on it, you simply just searched for isogenics and then sent me a screenshot of the top suggested results on Google. Yeah. Uh, The first of which was the phrase isogenics ruined my life. (laughs) So look, maybe this one particular person had one particularly bad experience that made the rounds on the web. True. Um, Or maybe this is uh, somewhat more widespread. I I actually don't know. Yep. Um, However, I've seen a couple of different posts to this uh, vague, you know, uh, effect on anti-MLM. I'm curious about the the contents of this one because I didn't really look into it.
1: We can look at Isogenics specifically in a second. But I want to say firstly um, that I'm not saying that there is, say, no income to be earned within an MLM. It is more to say that MLMs can be pitched as entrepreneurial enterprises that might afford sellers great agency and autonomy and the benefit of a passive income, right? Like you choose your own hours and you make residual money, but how much money? Mm. Well, according to research by the U S federal trade commission that we'll link to in the show description, 99% of recruited sellers actually lose money in an MLM venture. So would I be right in guessing that a lot of
0: these organizations require not just a fee to participate in the first place, which you mentioned that Isogenics does, yes, um, some some kind of monthly or just one-off payment. To participate at all. $29 fee
1: for isogenics, that's right.
0: Right. But often you are also required to pay for the products that you are then going to sell.
1: Bingo, right? So there's a difference between your income and your profit. We'll delineate all those things in a second. Hmm. I wanna talk about isogenics specifically because in 2018, it was reported that more than 78,000 people were active isogenic sellers in the U.S. So my source for this is a YouTube video from the Illuminati channel called Multi-Level Mondays <laughs> Isogenics. There's more than a million subscribers to this channel. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah, great. It must be on the power of that name because it's yeah. great. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> it's name. It's very catchy, yeah. Um, and it's naughty with an I as well. Oh, cute. Yeah,
0: is it, is it Italian?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, according to their disclosure statement, the average earnings of U.S. Isogenics Associates in the year 2021 was three thousand one hundred and fifty-three dollars before expenses. So, okay, that's quite small. It's not that much, and it is an average. Okay, yeah. So, I'm curious
0: about that because an average that would seem to be flucking from. Uh, all sides of the geometric shape or whatever, right? Yes. So you have some of the lowest income earners and some of the highest income earners, And of course, based on the graph that I just saw, it would seem to be that there are more
1: people on the low end than on the high end. This is why it might make more sense to look at the median yeah. income as well as the average income. How are you with your means and medians?
0: Yeah, I mean, the 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 mean is... Uh, the sum of all divided by the quantity, whereas the median is... Uh, I'm describing this poorly, but the median is uh, the the middle, right?
1: That's right, yes. So the um, average, the mean, you can calculate by adding all the numbers together and then dividing by the number of ad- numbers that you added together, whereas the yeah. median, as you say, is the exact midpoint in a data set. So between the numbers 1 and 11, the median is 6. Yeah? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, in 2021, the top 1% of Isogenic's Associates, which is their term for salespeople, earned $180,064 US dollars on average and $100,587 as a median before expenses. And so when I say the top 1%, if we are looking at 78000 which is the number that was reported in uh, 2018 as the number of sellers, we are mm. talking about 780 people total in mm. the U S who made $180,000 on average and $100,000 as a median. Right. The top 10% earned $26,000 as an Ooh. average 26,888 8, 8, and $6,901 as a median.
0: That's an extremely large jump, just between the 1% and the 10 And you would think you would have to be very lucky or work very hard or
1: have a lot of expenses to get into the top 10%. Absolutely, right? right? The top 50% earned $6,171 as an average and $977 as a median before expenses what we see here is that the median figure for each earnings bracket is much, much lower than the average figure for Mm. each earnings bracket. So when we say that uh, the product disclosure statement in 2021 said that the average earning for all Isogenics Associates was $3,153. If we're to extrapolate that further, you Mm. might be able to infer that uh, this data set might be skewed by high outliers and i'll right. use an analogy to explain what i mean by that okay so let's imagine that bill gates walks into a bar let's imagine that the bar is uh pretty full and let's also imagine that everyone at the bar earns say under one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year must be nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so if we're to look at the average salaries of everyone in the bar you would be like whoa Everyone in the bar tonight is on average a millionaire. They're fucking loaded. But looking at the median, we have a bunch of non Bill Gateses and yeah. then Bill Gates. So the right. median would be much, much lower than the average. And in this hypothetical, arguably a more genuine reflection of the sample. Yeah, you would think so, right? Yes. Because it's one outlier and then the rest, uh, yeah, of course. Within isogenics, the compensation structure is complicated. In order to sell Isagenix products, you need to be an associate, but in order to make a passive income from people you have brought into the business, you need to become what is called a consultant by accomplishing the following within a 30-day period. Hmm. Step one, accumulate 100 personal volume of Isagenix products. So that is the combined business volume of an associate's personal orders and orders purchased by the associate's retail direct customers, as in... They order through your personal isogenics website. And step two: maintaining a minimum of 100 business volume from each personally enrolled members of your left and right sales team within the prior 30 days. Oh. So, in a 30-day period, the people on your left have to sell, the people on your right have to sell, and you have to sell in order to start earning the commission is what we'll call it. That begs the question, right? What are the expenses associated with isogenics? Because that's going to help us differentiate between what your income is and what your profit might be. Right. So isogenics, as we said, say that there's a $29 annual fee to become an associate. And then there are the costs of the products themselves. Plus uh, the cost of the most precious resource of them all, coal, I mean your time. (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to how much the products themselves cost isogenics do not let you view inventory sign-up costs Unless you give them your contact information Which I'm not willing to do Okay, Right, so you weren't able to ascertain um, All of the different setup costs Well I did find an Isagenix seller's PDF Called Compensation Plan at a Glance on Google Again, link in description Okay, interesting. From this document, we can learn that the amount of profit that sellers make is quote up to thirty percent based on the wholesale price minus a four ninety five admin fee. So, ay, ay, ay. wait, a four ninety five admin? What is this tick attack? Well, this is kind of the thing, right? But I am suspicious that the four ninety five admin fee might start to form the amount of money that goes up your downline mm. to make the person above you. In the trapezium, sure. uh, their passive income. Sure. So my, yeah. Hypothetical. I don't know that for mm. um for certain at all. One um, would think that money has to be coming from somewhere, right? And has to like obviously also benefit the the Isogenics business writ large. So, yeah. according to this document, a bottle of the Isogenesis dietary supplement, which is also in this thirty day weight loss plan, nets you fifty four business volume at a retail cost of eighty nine dollars. So. Following the business model to make any residual income from your downline, the people you recruit into isogenics just looking at this one product would have to sell two bottles of supplement every 30 days for a total of $356. So about Mm a hundred and what's that? $80 each for 216 on a bottle of anything. Yeah. Business volume, 180 on each side. And then you would have to accrue or sell a hundred personal volume. So in this case, probably another $180 to either consume for yourself or to resell for others. Hmm. So you're looking at something along the lines of $540 right. within a month that your network would have to sell for you to even begin.
0: Right. Right. To get any kind of passive income Right
1: So at this point we've touched on Some of the business history The income structure And an amount of product information That is available to us Knowing that you're going to get to drink a bottle of IsoGenesis every (laughs) month But I do want to say, look, if you are feeling any type of way, right, let's just take a second because even though I believe that this is a controversial casting choice and Xavi might not be that tempted by a bottle of uh, I said Genesis, I do want this podcast to be evenly sourced and balanced because at the end of the day, we are not telling you what to believe uh, and it is important that you have the information to be able to make up your own mind and who better?
0: Please don't tell me. Please do not tell me you have a bottle of this stuff. Oh,
1: no. I absolutely did not have a bottle of this stuff. I, <laughs> I was going to say. That's where this was going. Who better to offer a counterpoint than the bachelor himself, Thomas Malucelli, whose YouTube channel, unlike the rest of his social media, is set to public?
0: Oh, that's great. So, because here's the thing like, I am pretty skeptical about this stuff and um, a little concerned about the fact that somebody who is. Uh, advocating it, um, would be given a big platform on a big commercial network where they could, you know, uh, build their own personal brand, the scope of their reach and therefore perhaps get other people, um, to participate.
1: Hey, look, we will certainly uh, touch on these things as we, as we start moving forward.
0: But I want to hear why I'm wrong. You know, I want, I want someone who swears by it, who, uh, empowers others to find their inner greatness and accomplish their health goals. Maybe I'm missing something, you know? Right,
1: right. And so that's the the counterbalance that we're offering here. And I want to start by letting Thomas uh, introduce himself to you in this video called "How Isogenics Works: The Conscious Collective." Okay. A little bit about me. My name is Thomas, as I mentioned, I'm a weight loss coach. I'm a mindset coach. I'm an NLP coach. I'm the global as a body challenge champion, and I'm someone who is incredibly passionate about helping people become the best version of themselves. Okay. So we'll leave that there for a second and come back to Thomas in just a minute. So those things that he said, all right. So he is a coach in weight loss, in mindset. And did you catch that last one that he said, Xavi? Uh, he says something about a positive community. NLP. Oh, I missed that. He said he's an NLP coach, which is shorthand for neuro-linguistic programming, a pseudoscience peddled by Tony Robbins, among others, that is widely discredited by the scientific community and has been for decades. Right. It's based on this idea that professional and interpersonal successes can be achieved by modelling the language, behaviour, and thought patterns of successful people and was described by Gene Langford a medical anthropologist at the University of Minnesota as a form of folk magic in a publication from 1999 in the quarterly journal American Ethnologist.
0: I mean, he doesn't not look like a magician.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look, there are rabbits uh, to be pulled out of holes, to be honest with you here, because there are so many uh, a rabbit holes to go down with this so i'm going to leave nlp there because mm-hmm. uh, like frankly otherwise we are going to be here for a week we'll do another whole episode yeah. I, on it probably like, yeah i want to bring us back and center on his claims about isogenics okay Great. so let's start with this welcome to the conscious collective my name is thomas and today i am so excited to be sharing with you how you can crush your health goals and build your dream body without exercising, meal prepping or giving up carbs Crush your health goals, build your dream body without exercising, meal prepping, or giving up carbs. It sounds pretty good, Max. If I didn't know any better, I'd say it were too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. There's a uh, a promo video uh, for the ISA Kids Super Smoothie where a guy in a bow tie does like this kid test. So you see on the on the um, packet for it, it's kid tested. But in the mm. promo video. He basically gives the kids the Isa smoothie and he's like, would you like to eat this stinky fish or drink this (laughs) Isa kid's smoothie? And they're like, the smoothie. And then one of the kids (laughs) drinks it and he says, it's almost like it's too good to be true.
0: (laughs) Would you like this smoothie or would you like to be punched in the stomach repeatedly? It's very... (laughs) We want the smoothie!
1: Right. Okay, well, so look. We can't hold these we, kids yeah, back. We absolutely cannot <laughs> hold. They they love it. They drink it before school every day. Look, it sounds really good. If this is what mm-hmm. you're into, revolutionizing yourself, lose weight, no exercise. I can't prove or disprove this. No
0: exercise is so wild. I feel like I, I've heard a lot of... Uh, uh, big talk from weight loss. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people selling different options and diets and stuff like that. It is rare that they say you don't have to exercise at all. You also don't have to give up carbs, which I feel like is something that one of the the reviews on Amazon said, like, it's better to have this than the traditional carb loaded alternative. That's right.
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, By choice, he has a strawberry blast almost every morning. And this is even up against the typical carb filled option. So look, there's some some inconsistency there. We'll get to uh, another inconsistency in just a moment. But I want to say for the record, I cannot prove or disprove this claim that you uh what did he say uh crush your health goals build your dream body without exercising meal prepping or giving up carbs because i frankly sure don't know and i want to say that haven't tried yeah, it really plainly it might also be worth our time here thinking about some of these claims in light of some recent news out of bachelor nation we talked sure. in our patreon preview episode last week about how former bachelor sam wood has just sold his own fitness program 28 by sam wood to hmm. a conglomerate for $77 million mm-hmm. That's big money Woods program is not an MLM And critically it also encourages you to do 28 minutes of exercise alongside healthy eating
0: Yeah I bought one of the books That that makes up the 28 by Sam Woods Oh yeah um, program um just out of completionism we talked a lot about the bookshelf um i haven't got both books so maybe there's something i'm missing but in that book uh, uh contained a whole bunch of recipes and uh you know there are uh, smoothies but they're also like you know healthy looking meals and you know suggestions of ways to get fruits and vegetables into your diet where they might not otherwise be and that kind of thing as well as uh you know exercise plans and you know diagrams of different stretches and that sort of thing so it is a focus of 28 by Sam Wood as far as I have mm. observed that a uh, healthy diet um you know it, within the the realm of not specifically cutting too many parts of a regular life out of your diet you know what I mean like yeah eat healthy you're not exercise. forbidden from right exactly you're not forbidden from anything and it's about balance and those kinds of things that we typically think of as within the, the realm of like nutrition. Right. You know?
1: And so if you wanted to be really skeptical about this, you could say that there is a high correlation between being involved in broad strokes, health and wellness, hmm. uh, being the bachelor and yeah. making capital. Like you even think about Ali Ojan and Tate, their season, oh, sure. they opened a gym. Ali is now a uh, yoga teacher. There's, um, yeah, I think that there's a bit there
0: oh i I feel like um the the link that joins those things together that we can't ignore is Instagram oh a hundred percent yeah, that essentially both the health and wellness space um or spaces you know of nutrition and and exercise and those sorts of things, and The Bachelor are both propped up by and kept profitable by uh Instagram, which of course by design is a platform that favors um, attractiveness and physical, you know, body type and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, upholding the norm of, of attractive, you know, beauty ideals and that sort of thing.
1: So I am by no means suggesting that Thomas Malicelli is a grifter or operating with any amount of nefarious intent in participating in an MLM. And in fact, I think it's important to say that, look, we did not all sign the same social contract when it comes to things like this. Mm. Throughout the rest of this video, how IsoGenics works the conscious collective. Thomas explains the benefits of IsoGenics in allowing you to quote eat better, feel better, look better, move better, do better. Outlines the cost structure of IsoGenics and compares it against things like the average cost of fast food and alcohol, which he puts at four hundred and ninety dollars a month, uh, and also the cost of gastric bypass surgery. So it's it's cheaper it's
0: cheaper than alcohol. And it serves the exact same purpose, right?
1: Well, it's more expensive than alcohol for a month. Oh, right. Um, Okay, it's more expensive than alcohol, but... Yeah, but it's cheaper than a gastric bypass surgery. So, bizarrely, Thomas also claims that type 2 diabetes can be, quote, cured with good nutrition. Oh. Which is blatantly false. Diabetes Australia say that uh, there is no cure for type 2 diabetes on their website, although the condition can be managed through lifestyle modifications and medication.
0: Yeah, well, have they looked at the Isogenics website though? Because they will
1: probably be pretty embarrassed if they heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the Dicer Cure. Um, let's now move away from this to talk about our Freedom Project and The Conscious Collective to try and unpack those things a bit more. Just fill this picture in so we have a complete understanding of who Thomas is and the things that he might be involved in.
0: Okay, can you remind me, because I remember you
1: saying those things earlier, but now I feel like I've learned 100,000 things since then. Okay, so these are things that Thomas uh, is involved in. They're like companies okay. that he uh, might have, like, founded, I believe. And to be honest with you, I'm not totally sure what the difference is. On Facebook, the... Um, the page called The Conscious Collective has the URL slug, Our Freedom Project. Right, So okay. my best guess is that this might be a rebrand could be a name change, yeah. Yeah, so we, we I think really that they know. might have used to be called Our Freedom Project and have now become the Conscious Collective. Mm. Um, I would argue it's a better name, but... Um, mm, know, me too, yeah. Results look, may vary. The page is very active. Its last post was three days ago, and its last post featuring the Conscious Collective ambassador Brittany Thomas's ex was on May 21 of this year, uh, a week ago as of the yeah. time of recording. The Conscious Collective also has a Facebook group and an Instagram page uh, that seems to be very specifically focused on the benefits of isogenics. The group is right. closed, uh, but the IG page is public and active. However, in this YouTube video, Thomas has shared a screenshot of a welcome post within the Conscious Collective group dated May 12, 2020, that begins, Welcome to the Conscious Collective, we are excited that you want to learn more about isogenics. At the time of video publication, which was one month ago in April two thousand and twenty two there were eleven hundred members of the conscious collective group, okay,
0: so I'm getting the impression that you know you're you're in you're in isogenics you're uh, you have a lot of uh, product that you need to move. Um, it would behoove you to sort of start a community, right, or to uh, use a community that you may already have access to, uh, in order to keep the wheels turning, right? Let's
1: say, like, let's say that you are the founder of the the Conscious Collective, right, and mm-hmm. you've brought in eleven hundred people to your group who are either interested in isogenics products or who are sellers themselves. This is how we are starting to form a picture of what your downline might. Uh, look like, although there are no guarantees. And I can't honestly say that everyone associated with the group is buying the products is doing whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so look, in my opinion, a controversial bachelor choice, like I'm again, not saying that Thomas is a bad dude. He seems honestly in the videos that I've watched, like a nice enough man. What I am instead saying is that I believe multi-level marketing as a practice can be, exploitative and particularly exploitative of of, of people who are vulnerable to tie a bow around all of this. I just wanted to quote from a separate video that Thomas posted to the Conscious Collective Facebook page in 2020 called Choose Your Thoughts Wisely. Hmm. Okay. So Thomas says, the world that we live in literally all depends on what goes on in our head. And so it's very important to choose our thoughts wisely because our thoughts take us closer or further away from our goals. Hmm. They can take us closer to success and happiness or the complete opposite way. They can empower you or they can disempower you. And so something that I do that works is whenever I get a thought in my head, I always ask myself, Thomas, will this thought take you further away? Or will it take you closer to your goals? And if the answer is further away, then I just change it straight away with a more empowering thought and I Mm. act upon it Mm. straight away. Now, we don't need to go too deep into this, but the reason that I wanted to close out on this quote is because it reminds me of a life lesson taught by one of television's greatest thinkers. The proprietor of Shroot Farms... Dwight Schrute.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. From the American Office. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, "Would an idiot do that?" And if they would, I do not do that thing.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great advice. Changed my life. Yeah. It's hard to fault him. You know. And now maybe maybe Thomas
0: will change yours. Listen, I I want to agree with you, and I want to say that despite having some reservations, um. I think it is very possible for people that I am skeptical of To teach me things that are valuable in my life
1: I agree Yes um,
0: I have just started reading the book Believe Written by Sam <laughs> Frost And I am not very far into this book And mm. my opinion on it could change We will be um, I, I'm putting an episode together I don't think it's going to be ready before the end of this month um, I think it will come out at some point in the near future mm-hmm. Um it's going to be an interesting episode because I have a lot of inbuilt skepticism about uh, taking an anti-vax person's uh, theories and thoughts on board. However, I have found that there is good stuff in this book.
1: Interesting. Okay, and, cool. And,
0: you know, by, by opening myself up to the possibility that it could be good, I have found things to, about it to be rewarding. Okay. Um. So I think we can echo that um across how we handle this season coming up as well. How we look at these bachelors. Um, there is a lot of skepticism, and I think rightfully so. Mm-hmm. There, are, you know, it doesn't make me feel any uh better about Sam Frost. Uh, you know, openly decrying the lack of freedom. Um, that she experienced due to being told that she had to take the vaccine to continue working on Home and Away. Like mm, that mm. stuff, I still feel the same way about. But she is also a human being who has had thoughts about mental health and how to handle things in her life that echo across my life as well. People are capable of multitudes. Yes. Um, and so, you know, it it remains to be seen. We have to approach this thing with open arms. Uh, and certainly it will provide us with a lot of interesting discussion topics at the very least
1: Yeah, look, um, I'm really excited to exist in these multitudes As we start to dive deep into this new Bachelor season It won't be too long before our filming has concluded And then the season is underway mm. In the interim though, look, yes, you do have a book report to put out And that will be available to listeners and subscribers of the Bachelor of Hearts Extra credit Patreon Xavier, do you want to tell them about it?
0: Yeah, so if you're not across this, we are putting out two bonus episodes per month on our Patreon feed, which you can access for the low price of $5 a month. Um, we would be delighted if you wanted to join us here uh, or, or there. Sorry, um, we have so far just about finished a, uh, a review a uh, looking back into the past of this first ever season of Australian Bachelor. Um, which has been quite illuminating. Um, there is an episode that we just discussed uh, about the sexual ex- excavates, or uh, like off, I guess this is not the right way to describe it. But the first time they ever had overnight dates in Australia, and spoiler alert, was also the last time. Um, it was quite an interesting episode. I've in fact heard rumours that there may be they they may be trying to reintroduce the idea of an overnight date for season ten
1: fantastic look i'd be really here for it i'm very mm. very interested by the idea and as a society i think we might be ready for it if you I think we've finally gotten there you know yeah, yeah if you are looking to connect with us further yes the patreon is one way you can also come to the bachelor of hearts osh posting group on facebook which has yes fewer members than the conscious collective however <laughs> uh we are uh, conscious in our own way right Absolutely, yeah. of what's going on in Bachelor World. I
0: I look forward to a really healthy discussion about some of the stuff that we've raised in this episode. Yeah, fully. Um, I I feel like there may be some people who feel more strongly um, one way or the other about some of these people. um, And I really welcome um, all of that debate and discussion. Uh, I would like to hear what you guys think about these three dudes. Um, We've had some initial thoughts already they have been really interesting. Um, but yeah, hop into the comments. You can also find us on social media at bohpod, uh, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine yards. Um, the next thing we're going to post on Osh posting is I'm sorry. The next, the next thing that I'm going to post on our Patreon feed, which you can find at patreon.com slash bohpod is going to be a bit of a different one. Uh, Max is recovering from COVID. So we haven't really had a huge amount of time to record apart from this episode, which we really needed to get out. So I've had something up my sleeve for a little while, uh, that I'm just going to throw on that feed. And I really think you guys will enjoy it. It's quite different. It's not about the bachelor. Uh, but I think you will have a good time with it. Uh, and if you don't, I'm sorry. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look, I'm personally looking forward to, uh, experiencing everything. Uh, yes. that, that that particular endeavour might have in store for me Until then, uh, listeners Look, I don't have too much more to say We'd love to hear your thoughts And do you know what else we love? You, you. Goodbye Goodbye <laughs> you, Running out of time me Searching for a sign